Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portstein here with you at JFK Airport. You might hear the noises in the background, hopefully not too badly. Uh, Allison Lucan is there. Hello. So is Tom Reed. Say hello, Tom. Good morning, people. And I hope you guys had better evenings last night than did the Blue Jackets. Oh. Um, this seems to be a, maybe a, do people remember records? It sounds like a broken record a little bit. Uh, it reminded me quite a bit, actually, of the game they played in Pittsburgh, where they played uh, well in a lot of ways, but not well in what might be the most important way. They didn't score. Uh, Blue Jackets shut out for the third time in, in uh, six games, the sixth time overall this season. Um, boy, they've made Thomas Grice look like a Vezina Trophy candidate. And uh, these are not small games that they're uh, urinating away, if I may. Um, what do you guys see? I'm listening to the players last night talk about all the chances they created. And there were some, but I don't think there were enough until the third period. Um, what ails this club right now? Uh, Allison, let me throw that first uh, hot, hot mess to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I agree. I think that th- the chances started to come. They did come on the game as a whole, but not strong in the start. Um, and, I mean, listen, it's not rocket science, and I think this is what we heard a little bit, what you were referring to from the players, is that until they start finishing shots, none of what they're doing is, is really going to amount to much. The shooting percentages, right. you got to fix that. Yeah, and, and I mean they're getting a lot of shots blocked. Are they not? Are they not paying the price to get it in time? I didn't think they were around the net nearly as much as they needed to be last night. Do the numbers bear that out? How many? Are there enough high danger chances for them? Yeah, I mean they they did out chance both in scoring chances and high danger looks the Islanders. So they got there. What I think we feel when we, because I, I totally understand why you're saying that. I think what we see that leads to us feeling like that is that particularly at the beginning of the game, it was a lot of one and dones, you know, yeah. not a lot of capitalizing on rebounds where, you know, right. Tom and Tom can speak to this more too, but he made a great point last night when we were all talking that, you know, it's, it's not just about getting in and getting the location, but it's about making the goaltender move. And right. if you're going in taking a shot, even if it's a good chance, the chances only get better when it's that chaos, when it's that third, fourth, fifth shot attempt on one shift. That's what's going to increase your chances in addition to the shot difficulty. Yeah. Tommy, what are you seeing from this as musket-loading crowd, as has been said? Yeah, if, if Thomas Grace was a quarterback last night, his, his jersey would have been spotless. Yes. Because he was never moved off his spot. He was just a guy that was square to every shot. Uh, contrast that in your mind, Zai, mind Zai, as our former colleague Mike A. Race likes to always say, to what we saw out of Matt Murray on Saturday night where he was having to make these spectacular lunging saves because pucks were going across the Royal Road. Were they not, Allison? <laughs> they where, were. <laughs> where, where they were, they, he was having to make these incredible paddle saves and desperation saves there was none of that i mean yeah. yes they got to some areas but very comfortable saves uh, very comfortable night for t- 
and and you know again they blew some shots wide, and I think that's what it, what the what the Islanders do so well now under Barry Trotz is they take away the middle of the ice. Yeah. You have to fight to get in there, and the only one of the, the only guys I saw really fighting of all people was Oliver Bjorkstrand a couple times going hard to the net. Uh, he had a chance late in the game. I think uh, Wenberg might have fed it to him from behind the net. He was in a little tight, but it, it just how many penalties did they draw last night, Aaron? How many penalties did the Blue Jackets draw? Uh, two. Not late, but I, I want to say two. Yep, two. Yeah, yeah. Draw, they, they drew two power, power plays. plays. Okay. Yeah, there was uh, they were offsetting roughings, I think, at one point. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So it's just, to me, not enough. I mean, uh, yeah, they had 30 shots, but. I don't know. It's they missed the net 15 times. I just right. don't think uh, to, to, to use uh, our old dear friend Ken Hitchcock's term, which I always loved. They did not outcompete the goalie, Aaron. Uh, they did not. They did not make him work nearly hard enough to Vallison's point earlier, and that's how you end up uh, for the third time in six games being shut out. Tom, do they want it to be easy? No, I don't. I don't know that. I, I I don't want to say that because I don't want to necessarily. Again, that's they another hitch quote. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. They didn't. I don't know. They did again. They did a lot of things right. They seem to have a lot of possession. Um, they seem to be in the the right areas a lot of times. And I, to your point, Aaron, it did. It was similar in the the Thursday in, in that against the Penguins and the shutout last shutout. They just could not make that last little play as they did on Saturday to get that one last pass or one last play to, to really set up a, a great scoring chance. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, but, I, I, go ahead. Allison. I mean, I, you know, and I, it, I, I don't want to sugarcoat this because this is not a time for moral victories, but at least compared to Pittsburgh last week in Pittsburgh, they were more, they were getting down lower in the zone than they did in Pittsburgh, yeah. and and at least yeah. we're not talking about a game like New Jersey last week, right? Oh. So so to Tom's point, you know, it's listen, the wins matter, getting the points matters, and so every little detail matters. But I didn't think this was a team that didn't look ready or played horribly either. You know what no. I'm saying? Oh, right. not at all. No, they they played they played. Hard. They didn't give up anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't give up anything. They had the. It seemed like they had the puck. I mean, you you would know this more than anyone. They seemed to have the puck most of the night, Allison. I read your your account of it, um, and I agree. They 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 seemed to have the more dangerous. It's funny to use the word dangerous when the team was shut out. Right, but <laughs> right. They, they did seem to have the puck in better places. They just didn't. They didn't finish it again. To me, it was it was like Thomas Grace never had to move. Yeah. He was always okay. Here I am. I'll catch it, or it'll hit me, and we'll be fine. Thomas Grace has stopped seventy-eight consecutive shots, seventy-nine consecutive shots against the Blue Jackets. I repeat, Thomas Grice. Yeah, that just shouldn't be uh, consecutive shutouts by the Islanders. I believe it's the stingiest team in the league. I think we saw it last night. This team, Barry Trotz, I think, deserves a, a long, hard look for the Jack Adams. Oh, he, he, she, if he doesn't win the Jack Adams, I, I, I mean, I, I try to well, think of the other look candidates. Look at Phoenix will be. out there. Look what Rick Tockett's doing with Phoenix. Yeah, that's but, yeah, true. Good point. Um, he's not leading the division, though. Um, yeah, 
I, this reminds me of some of Trotz's old teams in Nashville where, you know, they're not going to win a talent contest with anybody, but they know who they are and they know how they play and it's not easy to play against. Uh, Blue Jackets against Boston tonight. All Boston's done is earned points in, I think, 19 of their last 20 games or something like that. Yeah, uh, they lost to, to Pittsburgh in regulation the other night for the first time. Uh, they, God, first time since, like, late January? Is that possible? Jeez, it's possible. It's been a while. Uh, and, of course, the Bruins get a nice, restful evening in Columbus, Ohio, where the while well, the Blue Jackets were flying home last night. So this is going to be a... A uh, pretty steep hill for the Blue Jackets tonight, I would think. And you you look ahead to the rest of the week, it doesn't get any easier. An absolutely huge game against Carolina on Friday. That game's on Friday, yeah, Tom? That's right. And then <laughs> then off to Boston again on, on Saturday, where the Bruins again are the rested team waiting for the Blue Jackets to come to Papa. Uh, so this is a massive week. Uh, for the Blue Jackets. Uh, last night, Boone Jenner not in the lineup. He was out with an illness. Uh, so they were sort of moving about to fill. Brandon Dubinsky actually got a shot early in the game to skate on that line by the by the late second and third period. Tortorella had uh, sort of concentrated his line in, in an attempt to get something going. Um, but it, it's starting to feel a little bit like Duchesne and, and Dezingle are, are finding their way here. Duchesne especially. I thought Dezingle struggled last night. Um, I think we're starting to see the real Matt Duchesne here a little bit. Um, certainly he's been a present, uh, a, a vocal person in the in the locker room, at least for us. He's always present. He's always there to speak. I think he's he's trying to in a short term assume some sort of a leadership role here with the team. Uh, Allison, when you look at Matt Duchesne and his progress, I think he's coming up on 10 games now uh, with the Blue Jackets. Maybe tonight is the 10th. Uh, what are we seeing from the player and how his game has come to life? Yeah, I completely agree. I think that he is feeling more comfortable and thus looking more comfortable. I, you know, two, two plays that just stood out to me were um, two completely different shifts, but he, he circled through the zone with the puck on his stick the entire time, looked so physically in control of the play, and moved it completely around the zone and got down to the net to either create a shot attempt for someone else or to take one himself. And, and I, I feel like that's a part of his game we maybe just didn't talk about enough. enough. We talked about the skill. We talked about the face-offs. But I really liked the confidence and the ability for him to – to, you know, these are things we saw Pierre-Luc Dubois do and not really any of the other centers. And yeah. to bring that skill and that confidence to the play of a second line could be huge, again, if they can just start getting that finish. Yeah. And, Tom, you mentioned this guy earlier. I, I, I have been fascinated for a while with Bjorkstrand. Um, and this is the second year in a row he was virtually invisible until the holidays and has now turned it on again. Uh, he's up to 14 goals. We made a big deal out of him last year at 11, 29, 40. And this year it seems like he's had an awful year and he's at 14 goals. He could, uh, he could approach 20 if he continues hot here, although he's running out of time for that. Um, where's this kid's game at? Cause he, he is a smaller player. He's always going to be small. Even if he gets in, in better and better shape, like Panarin is, he's still going to be that size of a player. 
Um, do you believe what you what your eyes are seeing right now with Bjorkstrand? Is he as he arrived, or do you still see him as part of it? Is sort of a mystery what this guy can be. If you look at his second half numbers the last couple years, he's like a he's almost a thirty goal, sixty point plus guy, but he has yet to really put it all together in a year. Well, he's like me. He hates the holidays. That, that's clear. After when the holidays are over and, and all that, getting up early, all that BS is done. Then yeah, it's it's let's play hockey. Um, ah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I can tell you that he's arrived, but I can tell you over the last three or four weeks, this is the best I think I've ever seen him play. Uh, consistently, you notice him game in and game out, and some of the plays we 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 talked about earlier about him going to the net. I've noticed that. I've noticed that a lot this year uh, th- during this, the, the, the Spain you referenced. In fact, one of the uh, oh, it was uh, it was one of those just really bad Wenberg moments where the Wenberg should have shot the puck, but it was part of it was because Bjorkstrand was going hard to the net, and he would have probably got any kind of rebound that was there. Uh, yeah, it just that that's just it's that's exactly it. It's that part of it. It's that getting inside the dots. Uh, not just settling to play outside because we've always known he's had the really good shot, right? I mean, that part yeah. of his game has been consistent when he can get it, but now he is like going to the, going to those, those difficult areas with more regularity than I remembered seeing him go there in the past. Yeah. And I, it feels like he's in a really good spot now. If they stick with Duchesne and Dezingle, that could be a line that does some significant Duchesne has uh, played damage. much. Yeah. He's, Duchesne played his best game two games ago in Pittsburgh. He looked good last night. And the other thing, I don't know if this, uh, although that's a great seat that you have in uh, Long Island there. I mean, Allison, I think you might have noticed this too. You can see him talking on the ice and on the bench constantly. Remember we heard about Ian Cole last year, how Ian Cole never shut up during games. You can (laughs) see him talking to his teammates, laughing. And then when I say laughing, I don't mean like, ha ha funny, but just like, Hey, do be here. I'm going to be here, that kind of stuff. So that's an encouraging sign that he, you know, maybe coming on, coming on a little bit. Um, yeah, he was fine last night for a team that was shut out. The one guy I want to talk about, another one more forward here, um, and I think he's a fascinating guy, and he's he's been maybe their most notable, or their most. Um, they're hard to miss forward, if you will, since the trade deadline is Josh Anderson. Mm. Um, and, and he he brought the bricks against Pittsburgh in both of those games. Uh, was at it again last night. Had a couple of just massive hits. Uh, one on Cal Clutterbuck uh, early in the game. Um, that you Where was wondered. the spotter on that one? What's that? Oh, my Where gosh, Where was yeah. the spotter on that one? Yeah, and you, well, you wondered, too, if the league might take a look at it. As he got up a, a bit high with the arm on Clutterbuck. Um, we, we learned last night the league does not expect uh, – they review all hits, but nothing nothing further coming on that one. So good for for Anderson there. But I, I feel like something has changed in, in him where they're always telling him – he reminds me not to go on too long here – it reminds me of the guy, uh, and Tom, we used to joke about this back in the day, with Tom Sestito, who is, if you know him as a player, he's a big, mean, nasty forward. If you know him as a forward, or as a person, he's one of the nicest, um, smiling, happy people you'll ever meet. 
And so they used to work him, Derek Dorsett used to work him into a lather before a game started so that he would play mad. And I, Josh Anderson seems an amiable fellow, too. I think they try to, they're trying to get him worked up uh, to the point where he is a beast on a nightly basis. Um, and he has been that now for the last couple of weeks. I, um, let's first talk about his recent play. Uh, and then I, I'm going to throw a name at you um, about Josh Anderson, if this is what they need more of from him. Uh, Allison, your views of Josh Anderson here uh, in recent games, but just this recent stretch here where he seems to be such an impact player. Yeah, I mean, I think what it, it, it's been bandied about a couple times now, but to your point, Josh comes across as a really nice guy, you know, casual, easygoing. But yeah. this is a guy who speaks with his play, right? I mean, you're not, he's not going to go in depth with you about what he's doing, which is fine, but he, he is just commanding attention. And this is, this is what we've seen flashes of with the size and the speed. And I think it's the most yeah. consistently he's put it together. Now, I think, you know, the disruption in the lines last night kind of maybe slowed that just a wee bit last night against the Islanders, but my goodness, isn't he playing well? And I don't think, you know, I know he hates this comparison, but, you know, it, there's Tom Wilson, there's him. I mean, who else can play that fast and with that skill at that size? That's what really yeah. makes him dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the hits dried up uh, for him last night because Columbus always had the puck right, right. in the last half of that game. Um, Tom, your thoughts on young Josh and his emergence here lately. Yeah. yeah, he's played. He's he, again, he's played well. Um, he played very extremely well in the two games against Pittsburgh, uh, trying to lead the team, uh, trying to lead, uh, you know, this whole idea of you can lead without having a letter on your sweater. Uh, he's trying to lead the team in physical play, uh, setting tones. Uh, he's done a good job of trying to set tones in both games uh, against Pittsburgh, um, yeah, he's, he's 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 playing pretty well. We keep we've we've it's weird. We've just talked about three forwards playing well, and they haven't scored in three of the last Can't six score. games. So, <laughs> so and uh, yeah. you know, time is kind of running out to to start doing that because they are yeah. at this point. I tell you what, they're two games away from looking at eight eighth or bust if they don't. Uh, you know, if they lose the game. If they lose that game against Carolina on Thursday night, it's probably going to be eighth place or bust. But they're four back now, Carolina. Is that correct? Yes. So that will be a huge game as far as trying to get higher in the in the playoff order. Because if they lose that game, it would seem to me that they're they're going to be fighting for the chance to play Tampa Bay. Well, now let me get back to our guy Josh Anderson for a second because I we've been kicking this around for a while. Do they need Allison? You mentioned the name. Does he need to be more Tom Wilson-like? And I know what you're going to say, yes, minus the suspensions. But does he, and agreed, but does he need to be a feared player? Do they need that aspect of him? Do they need him ramped up to the point where he is one of the most disliked people in the league? Is that something they need out of Josh Anderson? Because like it or not, I do think Tom Wilson, when he takes the ice, the entire opponent bench is aware of it yeah he has everybody's attention and he affects play nobody wants to be part of his next highlight or low light um 
do they need a nastier Josh Anderson, and does he need to play closer to the edge? Um, Tom, eat it. No, I think he's fine the way he's playing right now. I, I do not think he – I don't think that's in him. I, I don't think you can – you can – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get in trouble for my next comment, I know. It, 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 this, whole, this whole conversation reminds me of, uh, from the movie Snatch where Bricktop is taking a stick and poking a dog through a cage. Come on, get meaner. You, you can't do that with a player. I mean, you just can't. That's either in you or it's not. I, I just don't think you can go and be physical – you can hit guys. You can, you know, try to what Josh has been doing. I think it's that's either in you or it's not. And I, I just I don't think Josh is a guy that's ever going to be that guy that that is taking like like borderline hits. I think the way he's playing now is fine. I, I just again, you can't fake who you're you are. Allison. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, and for a little bit of a different reason. I, I like that point, though, quite a bit. I, I don't think he does because I think, I mean, what is this team missing right now? What they're missing is offense. <laughs> so um, I, I'd rather see what makes him dangerous is if he consistently plays this way because you see it alone when he just rushes down the right side there. Teams Teams don't know what to do with that. And if he peppers in the continual physicality in his play, teams are going to know to watch out for that, too. It may not be the all-hands-on-deck reaction like a Tom Wilson, but I think that playing on the edge he's at and driving offensively with the physical backup is what makes him dangerous. Gotcha. Uh, Blue Jackets tonight, Boston. Any final thoughts from from either of you? Anything that needs to be mentioned in here? Well, let me throw this. I'm prompting. My, I'm setting my own self up. Uh, Alexander Texier, the Blue Jackets' second round draft pick um, in 2017, plays his final game of the season, at least in Finland, on Thursday. He is then free to travel to North America, making his pro debut. One imagines with uh, the Cleveland monsters that could be he could be in cleveland over the weekend maybe early next week uh as of yesterday the blue jackets were arranging travel plans for him uh so that ball is rolling um elvis merzlikens is uh, i believe plays game two of his playoffs uh with his lugano club in switzerland tonight um down 0-1 so that series, uh, depending upon when that ends, he could be over here as well. And we need to check in on Emil Bemstrom, the, the player who's had such a great year in Sweden, as to when he may come over, uh, if he's able to come over by the end of the season. Uh, so some things to keep in mind there. Uh, any ads you guys might have here uh, before we wrap it up? Uh, nothing from me. Okay, uh, I, I just would like to ask Allison how her trip to Seattle was in the analytics conference out there. Oh, <laughs> it was great. Thank you, Tom. No, it was just a really uh, invigorating and there's there's so much cool stuff going on and um, hopefully some new ideas that that I can bring back and share with our readers is work going on on how we can better interpret special teams, looking at some really cool stuff that uh, the defense is doing. I, I secretly wonder that the, so the company that presented a lot of some innovating thoughts on both defensive play and face-offs is actually the tracking company that the Blue Jackets work with. Um, and I have my theories on how some of that data may have been driven by Blue Jackets requests in the first place. So um, really hopeful to share just some new and 
continually innovative ways to look at the game through what, what I was able to learn this weekend. Did you discuss finishing at all? <laughs> we did not. We did not. That next year's conference? Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> okay. Uh, for Allison Luke and for Tom Reed, Aaron Portstein saying thanks for listening. Uh, and we'll be with you again in, wow, video form tonight after uh, the game with the Bruins. Thanks for reading our stuff. Thanks for being subscribers. And we will talk to you all on Friday. Take Hit the button, Allison. Hitting it.